it's really diversification. So you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket or, or have one huge bet on one company because, you know, you can miss on that one company, you know, uh, having a, a one big pot and spreading that to as many different companies as possible. You know, now you're trying to hit 300, you know, batting 300 is Hall of Fame in baseball. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for tuning in. Joining me on the show this week, Andre Iguodala, three-time NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP in 2015, also doing some incredible things in Silicon Valley in the tech sector. He's got a company called F9 Strategies. We'll dig into all of that with Andre Iguodala on today's show. Andre, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really uh, excited about this conversation. Congratulations on another NBA title. We'll talk some basketball a little bit later. But, you know, since this is a business show, I want to know how early in your career, maybe it was even at the University of Arizona, did you understand the importance of investing and focusing on the business off the basketball court? It was probably uh, in my early years in uh, Philly. I had some really good veterans. Um who I just, you know, I just watched move from uh, from a distance, you know, just seeing how they moved, listening to a lot of the conversations. You know, I was one of those rookies who, uh, you know, I used to kind of bother the, the veterans, uh, just listening to the conversation, jumping in, jumping out, and they were like, here goes rookie. So I was a really curious um, type of person early on. Had a, a good agent who had some, Really um, business-savvy clients who I could talk to a lot. So even before I got to the league, I asked a few questions about that. But seeing it up close and personal with some of my teammates, uh, with the good veterans I had, um, it gave me a good idea of, you know, I I knew who to go to. And uh, I knew they knew someone um, that I could ask some of the questions that I had um, going forward. Your agent back then was Rob Palenka, who runs the Lakers now, correct? Correct. Yeah, correct. so, so he, I have heard that about him, that he was really good with his clients. Obviously, Kobe was one of his clients. So I would imagine, you know, if you had access to some of his other clients, you probably were able to pick some pretty uh, smart people's brains. Yes, uh, obviously, Kobe Bryant, uh, everyone knows. Um, but he had some, uh, he had clients from all, seems like all walks of life. You know, I remember Chris Kamen. Um, who was um, from the Michigan area, a uh, smart guy. Uh, we'd see each other at weddings. Uh, Corey Maggetti, who I trained with in the summertime in Chicago. Um, Gerald Wallace was a guy from the South, uh, more laid back. Um, so it, it, it seemed Carlos Boozer was another guy who um, had a couple uh, large deals in the NBA, had a, a nice, solid career. So, um, James Harden, some younger guys. Uh, he had Kevin Durant for a, a, a very short stint. So uh, he has 
we've had clients uh, who were superstars, just clients who had big impact on the teams. And uh, Derek Fisher was another one of his clients who uh, became a head coach of the Knicks, and um, now he's doing some uh, broadcasting. So um, he's a, he was an, another type of one of those veteran guys who you can bounce things off of, um, who played with Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who's one of the one of, one of the more business savvy, made the most of uh, his off the court. Uh, endeavors and then turn that into a real business uh, after basketball. So, you know, you can ask Derek Fisher about um, a, a lot of different things and, and what he experienced with some of those teammates, such as Shaq. Andre, I love the athletes who are prepared, who do their homework with business just like they would preparing for a, a basketball game. One of the things I heard about you is in 2011 during the NBA lockout that you had an internship with Merrill Lynch and that when you're sitting down for a pitch from someone, you've done your homework and you always show up prepared. Where does that come from? Well, I was um, I always had good grades from an early age. School, school wasn't, you know, I had a um, pretty strict mother who pretty much let me know uh, school came first. School wasn't, it wasn't hard to me though, so I enjoyed school. So it was something that I, enjoy, that I enjoyed and I, I was very competitive. So not just basketball that I, I wanted to be the best at, but, you know, I wanted to be the fastest reader. You know, I wanted to be the best at math. Um, I, wanted to have the, I wanted to have the best uh, group projects if I was working with anyone. So that was just a competitive nature. Uh, I guess if, you know, you, you try to get kids to want to do better in school you know for some kids you got to tailor the way they look at things and you know the way I looked at school was this kind of competition which is pretty funny um so it just it just came natural to me so I knew, I knew that if I wanted to have a good project to do well on a test or do well in the paper then I had to know what it was about and I had to you know go research and I had to go read so it's just something that you know I built a really strong foundation and it became something that's natural. So um, from there, from that point on, it just you know as you go through each uh, years of life, you just learn how to retain information, and it's just something I formed at a young age. It's interesting you mentioned the competitive nature off the court because I talk to a lot of athletes, and they tell me now, Brian, you know, it used to be we were competitive with. You know, are on the court or on the field things. Some guys competitive with cars or the latest gadgets, but now it sounds like athletes are competitive with their business portfolios. Is that going on in your locker room? I think with our team, uh, we don't look at it as a competition as much, but I think we try to, you know, you know, we kind of give each other a little, you know, rib shots as far as who's doing what and what we got access to, but. We all want to keep things open for one another and, you know, say, if I got access to this, I'm going to try to help, you know, this guy out or uh, with this information. Um, you know, I've, I've accepted a few things uh, that I wasn't quite clear on, and he's told me, or Steph's asked me, you know, why did you invest in this company? He's also asking me, uh, why didn't you invest in a company that I passed on and uh, or companies that I passed on? And we've had conversations about that, so... What our team is all about, uh, keeping the information flowing, keeping everyone up to date. Uh, we got so many guys who are, who are in the tech space because it's in our backyard um, that there's some really good you know, information being thrown around. Yeah, let's dig in on that for a minute. So I read that you work with a gentleman named Rudy Klein Thomas. You guys are business partners on the company F9 Strategies, as I mentioned earlier. How did you and Rudy meet, and how did he earn your trust? So that was a... Uh, 
interesting story as well. I had a teammate, I believe it was my third year in the league, and uh, he was a rookie. So any of the rookies, you know, you try to get a good feel for them, you know, see how you can help them. You want to try to help them have the uh, as long as a career um, as their body will allow them. And you know that their career is going to come to an end. You know, the average career for NBA players is four and a half years. So it's a small window. The guys got to get a lot out of it. Um, and really their financial stability or their financial uh, financial education piece is, is important because guys, everyone thinks they're going to play 10, 15 years. It's just not possible. So, you know, um, each rookie, you let them know. You know, you try to build a relationship with them, you know, to try to help them along the way. And this particular rookie, you know, I was hanging out with a lot off the court. He had an injury, so I was trying to help him get back on the court and, and making sure he's doing the right things off the court as far as being focused and just being locked in. It just so happened uh, he was working with Rudy. They went to the same school. They went there both with the Providence. So Rudy and I would see each other from time to time, and he, you know, he would say, "I appreciate you looking after my young guy. You know, he needs to, you know, someone to stay on top of him, stay, uh, stay on him about being focused and you know being early, being late, just small things." So uh, he and I had, you know, built the relationship from that um it was never working uh, us working together it was never about that it's just about helping um someone we both had interest in uh, as a person so from there it's it, it's it just uh the trust built from that so you guys are equal partners in this investment firm from what i understand and you work with a number of different companies now that you've invested in uh the mattress online retailer casper uh, the Players Tribune, other companies. When you're working with Rudy, how does that work where you guys figure out, like, which are the companies we want to invest in? Where do we want to pass? I imagine, like, to the people listening to this, there's a little bit of Shark Tank on this going on, right? Definitely. You know, we, we have our we have our uh, roadmap to see how do we get to invest in the company, and we have a lot of different questions we have. Uh, you know, obviously you want to know about the company, you want to have a great idea. Um, you know, it's kind of like you, you're trying to you're trying to be a psychic. You know, trying to read the future. <laughs> you know, uh, you're trying to get a good feel on you know um, how a consumer will respond to this. Uh, it's something that to catch on to them. Because uh, sometimes you have the best ideas that just never catch on. You know, or, or they just they just aren't um, executed as well. So you have to try to get a a good feel for the founder and see how they are. Um, you, you definitely have to understand what the product is. Uh, but, you know, we have a lot of questions uh, that we ask, and, and we do, um, we run by each other and say, you know, does this does this company have this? You know, um, will we get along with how the chemistry with the founder? You know, what type of person are they? You know, are, are they genuine? You know, is, is it an organic uh, vibe when we meet with them? And, you know, how can we help the company, you know, or, or who we know that we can bring along uh, if we do get in that can help, help the company as well. So there's a myriad of questions that we have or a checklist um, that we go through to see is this something that we want to uh, be involved with. Yeah, it's so interesting how all of this has evolved for athletes. It used to be back in the day, you know, 15, 20 years ago, a company comes to you and says, hey, we want to pay you X for an endorsement for our company. Now it seems like more athletes like yourself are more interested in the equity 
of a company. Obviously, there's the Beats by Dre story with LeBron, uh, where he hit on that. Is that kind of the ultimate goal where, gosh, I want to invest in a number of different companies and hope that I go three for ten on my investments? Yes, that's, that's perfectly put. Um, I, just, I was just using that analogy last week. We were talking about um, investing in companies and how much do you invest in, uh, you know, what number, what's your range of investing. And I tell, you know, all the athletes or the people that I'm talking to is, you know, it's really diversification. So you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket or, or have one huge bet on one company because, you know, you can miss on that one company, you know. But having a lot of having a, a one big pot and spreading that to as many different companies as possible, you know, now you're trying to hit 300. You know, batting 300 is Hall of Fame in baseball. Um, and, and, and it's similar in the, in the tech scene, you know, uh, you're trying to bat 300. And you know you've done some uh, some good hitting um, just by three out of ten because it's very risky, and and that's a big part of the education piece we try to give to our athletes uh, when we bring them on or we're trying to help out. Not just in basketball, but different sports. It's, you know, uh, there's a risk involved in this, and we want you to understand this risk. And uh, if you know that going in, then, then you're able to uh, look at it from a different view, and, and you're able to stomach some of your losses. The other thing, too, I've done some work with the Players' Tribune, Derek Jeter's digital publishing company. I know you're an investor in that. They're doing great, and they're growing, and I love their platform. But if you're an investor like yourself, that's a long-term play, right? Like, you're not going to see money back in the first few years. You've got to look at that and say, well, maybe I'll get my money back in five or ten years, but it's not going to come right away. So I would imagine there's some of those investments where it's the longer-term play, right? Yes, most uh, most of it is a longer term play. I mean, you had uh, a few situations where uh, companies have been bought out, you know, faster than you thought. Thought by, by you know, um, Alphabet or, or Facebook or Apple. Um, so those always go well, but those are normally surprising. But you know, you put yourself in the mind frame that this is a long term investment, and you know, you just keep yourself up to date with what's going on, and uh, you know, various rounds, you know. Rounds or uh, the company is close to IPO, and then you know, depending on the landscape, uh, you see a lot of tech IPOs this year actually, and then I believe you're going to see a lot more next year. Um, then you know, you know, you kind of know it's a cycle that keeps going. You know, IPOs after a certain amount of years, and then you know, the larger rounds of investing uh, will start back up again. So, do you make a lot of money? Do you take a certain amount of your money and say, okay, this is earmarked for investments? I'm not going to, you know, th- like this $2 million or $3 million, whatever it is, is earmarked for investments. I would imagine you, like any of us who invest, have a budget for what you're going to earmark for investments. Yes, you do have a budget, um, you know, and it's on a, it's on a smaller percentage side um, of your total income, you know, so... For athletes, we make a lot of our money in, in this short window uh, uh, of our lives, and uh, you want to t- you want to take a large portion of that, and you want to be conservative uh, because this you know you're gonna hopefully you'll live to be 90 years old. So we're done playing when we're 35. So you know you got you know 55, 65 years of life uh, remaining. Uh, 
that you want to spread out and you just want to live off the interest on the money that you save. So there's that side of it that you may have to be very conservative and be smart. Uh, but then there's, you know, like I say, you diversify and you take a small portion and you put it over here in this, you know, this basket. If you're interested in the tech world, if it's something that uh, grabs your attention that you can constantly have information flowing in every day because you got to keep yourself up to date. Um, and you take a small portion and, and you divide that on all the things that are going on in the tech world and, you know, um, if you hit on something, then great. You know, you continue in it, and you know, you grow bigger and bigger. And that's what Rudy and myself are trying to do, are trying to do. Um, you know, post career basketball is uh, we built a really good foundation of being a tech guys in sports, and we want to bring another a lot of athletes along with us. But you know, it's a small portion of uh, the total income. I've talked to athletes, and I've had Rich Kleiman on this show, too, and, and the term that I've heard a lot lately is deal flow. Like, you want to be brought into deal flow where you're hearing about the creme de la creme VC opportunities. I see that you're part of the Players Tech Summit in San Francisco. I would imagine that event brings you into those deal flow conversations, right? Yes, this uh be our second year um, doing the uh, Players Tech Summit. Uh, along with Bloomberg, um, they'll be pre- um, hosting it with us as well this year for the second time. And like I said, we've had athletes of um, from all the different types of sports. You know, we had a, a professional lacrosse player last year. Uh, it's tough for the NFL guys to come because you know they're in a training camp, getting ready for the season. Um, track and field athletes are in season two, but I've had a lot of different conversations uh, with some of the you know top track and field athletes, uh, WNBA players, uh, NBA players, obviously, um, are there as well. Uh, we have some former NFL players as well, uh, some close friends of mine, who, uh, and then some, some, some guys who are huge fans of uh, were involved last year. Uh, it was a great time. Um, you know, I expected it to be great, but it was it was even better than I expected, and I expected it to, to continue to grow. And just that, like, I said, like you said, that deal flow, um, it's a big part of that. You know, we've had uh, different media companies come in. Uh, we've had consumer-based companies come in and uh, pitch their product to give athletes a view. This is what it's like uh, to be pitched by a company and what are some of the things you look for um, if you want to invest or what are some of the things you look for that make you not want to invest. And, you know, guys were able to have some great conversations. And, um, you know, you start the deal flow, you start seeing – aligning yourself with, you know, the people who are in some of these deals and some of the companies, uh, you know, we get too many calls. You know, we're getting so many people wanting to be involved. We have to turn some away, sadly. But uh, it was a great event, um, and we're looking forward to, you know, having it annually and keep these conversations going. And, you know, hopefully that the, the deal flow is, you know, this is the place where the deal flow uh, is at for athletes. Well, I would imagine that gives you a pretty interesting seat at the table, too. I mean, anything I've seen in conjunction with that event, I've seen your name on it. And, you know, I think, wow, that's great that Andre's bringing all of these people, whether they're business people or athletes, together for one day at this place. That's got to give you an interesting seat at the table. Oh, definitely. So, you know, we're reaching out to um, all the companies um, that I've had access to, um, and then in turn, you know, you know some of the people that I, I've been, some of the companies that I've been wanting to get in contact with, they, they start to reach out 
you know, because, you know, they understand that uh, there is an influence side and there's an influence that athletes have, um, you know, that can bring some recognition to their company, especially with, uh, you know, the valuations of the sports now because it's, you know, the only real live content are left uh, with so much disruption going on uh, with content. And then you, you know, you just, you know, now you have your pick of the litter. Like, you know, who do I go out and, you know, who do I, who do we bring along this time? And, you know, hopefully if we miss out on someone, uh, there's opportunities in the future. But like I said, it just gives me an opportunity, like like you said, to get that deal flow and, um, you know, continue this athlete tech um, networking scene that, you know, athletes definitely want to be a part of. I want to take a minute and tell you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I'll be using my SeatGeek app to buy tickets to a Dodgers game when I'm in Los Angeles in the next few weeks. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SBR today. That's promo code SBR as in Sports Business Radio for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I know you mentioned earlier that the founder of a startup is a big factor for you, but if I'm sitting down to pitch you and Rudy, and I know you sit... You know, at the ski resorts or in San Francisco, people sit in a room and they pitch you. What are the elements of a successful pitch? What resonates with you if I'm going to sit in a room and pitch you? Oh, I want it to be organic. I want it to really flow. You know, um, you know, if you ask one question and, you know, that turns into uh, that one question can answer, you know, five of the next questions that we have uh, just by having a conversation and going back and forth and, you know, uh, you know, what are your interests? And, you know, most of the time the interest is their company. So, you know, that's just conversation just flowing and, and it's really organic. And um, we're just really, the information is really being shared on both sides, you know, who, who we've invested in, why we would like to invest in that company. That's a question that uh, the founder has as well. So, you know, it's, it's just not us with the questions and, and the conversations flowing really well. Um, that's an important part of it, you know, because you want to have a good relationship with the founder. You know, um, you know, I'm the type of investor where I'm, you know, more passive, where I don't want to interrupt what the founder's doing. You know, I want them to, you know, uh, just have the confidence that 
uh, I believe in them. Our team, Rudy and myself, believe in them and uh, will do whatever um, on our end, you know, to help them out. Andre, you've had the opportunity, including before last season, to go sign as a free agent with other teams and, and probably make more money as far as your NBA salary is concerned. But how big of an advantage is it playing for the Warriors and being right there in Silicon Valley where you've got access to all these great startups and, and pretty incredible business minds? Well, that's a key part to it, you know, that Silicon Valley is pretty much our backyard. and um, We feel like to really have access to something, to really be a part of something, you have to be where it's happening. To, to really get in on it and, and to really uh, make the most um, of being involved, in, especially like like we're talking about the tech scene, it's in our backyard. So um, it's getting easier, uh, I would say, um, because you're seeing these little smaller tech hubs being built in different places uh, across the country. You know, there's, you know, you look at Austin, Texas, you know, you look at uh, little spots being built in the Midwest, uh, you know, New York is building, trying to build a small tech hub, and then you look at Miami or, or around the South Atlanta. So you see them popping up in little pockets um, around the country, but you know it's in our backyard in the Bay Area, so you know it can't be a better place. But you know, you look at the esports team, and a lot of NBA owners are invested in esports teams. Um, so you know that makes it easier to have access if you're not in the Bay the Bay Area. Um, so. You know, but as of right now, it's the hotbed and, and it's where the place to be. Well, and even I know you have done traveling with Nike before. They've taken you to, to Asia and places all over the world. When you go to those countries, I'm sure you look at those areas, some of them as fertile ground for investments. I know, you know, a few years ago, I actually went over to China with Steve Nash, Yao Ming, Kobe, and a few other players, and it was really eye opening for them because they were like, wow. This is a ground that is kind of unchartered and, and, you know, there's a lot of business to be done here, kind of U.S. circa 1970s. Yeah, actually, we were, we had training camp in China last, this past, this past season. Um, so it was 2017 training camp and, uh, we went to the Silicon Valley of China, which I believe was Shenzhen and, uh, you know, we had a lot of great conversations. Like that city was just started. It was just the city actually started in like 1960, 1970. So the city was pretty young, and to see how it's expanded is just uh, unreal. Like you could, we wouldn't believe it. It's like in New York, and it, it hadn't been around for, but for you know, 40 years, and uh, it, it was the uh, tech hub. China, and you look at some of the companies like uh, Alibaba or Tencent, and um, some of the things these companies are doing with IPO, and they're able to scale um, the same way uh, Google is or Apple is. And you know, we see uh, Apple as a hardware company, but if you look at their uh, subscription-based uh, products, uh, from the cloud-based to the music uh, to content, it's you know, they've been able to scale, and, you know, that's something I haven't talked about yet, but uh, the company's ability to scale um, is probably the most important uh, aspect of uh, of investing in it. 
Hmm. Well, when you look at China, too, they have six times as many people as we have in the yeah. United States. So, so many more yeah. potential consumers, right? Yeah, and then uh, Silicon Valley is uh, one of my favorite shows. <laughs> Mine, too. I love that show. <laughs> you see uh, one of the characters, uh, uh, I forgot his name, but uh, the, the, the Asian character, um, he just has all the ideas. Um that the guys are building, and he's just building that same idea in China. He's just building the Chinese version because you know, you know, it, it, it's six times more likely to be successful uh, just based on population alone. No, I wouldn't say based on population because we're only 350 million people in uh, America, and there's what two billion in China. Yeah, so almost seven times so as many people. Times, seven times, yeah, seven times. So there's seven times. We're right, we're, right, we're around it right now. Six, seven times more likely to be successful just based on population alone, not even execution, just based on population. When are you going to do a cameo on Silicon Valley? They got to get you on there. Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get it done soon. You know, uh, in the sports world, you got to strike while the iron's hot. So, you know, uh, we've, we've been able to have a, a little bit of success on the court. So, um, yeah, I'm a little jealous of KD. KD was on Billions, which is also one of my favorite shows and uh they do some tech things in there uh the girl taylor uh you know she's doing some things she's starting her own fun and, and uh she's into that uh, tech part because she's kind of a colder engineer type type of girl so uh, katie was able to be on that show and uh it was good to see him on it. see that's all you guys have to do though it's just mention hey i like this show i'd love to do a cameo and most of the time if it fits with your schedule they're going to make that happen yeah yeah um well I'm little. I'm on. A, I'm on the older side. I'm still. I'm still competing really well, and I'm still playing young. But um, you know, it's a little easier for the uh, superstars to just say, "I like this show. Put me on there," uh, which they deserve uh, rightfully. So I'm just trying to keep up with those guys, and uh, you know, you know, hanging out with Katie and Steph and, and, and the world there, and uh, uh, they give me some access as well. So you know, I just think. Some things I hang out with them, and uh, well, hopefully I, I reciprocate too. I had a really good team uh, with Rudy and you know, my publicist, and um, you know my entertainment agency. So if I can help them, I always try to reciprocate. Now I really like how you set your career up. You'll never remember this, but I, I did some consulting for Nike years ago. So I saw you at Nike All America Camp when you were really young, and then I even saw you like in Augusta at the Peach Jam. Uh, coaching some AAU teams. And I've always liked how you carry yourself. You've always been very mature, very business-like, very professional. Um, I think you're a great dresser. You know, like I, I look at some of this stuff that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are wearing, and they look like they're coming to press conferences with pajamas on. And, and I much prefer, like, your fashion sense, and, and you're on the cover of GQ, and not to rip on, on Russ and, and Harden, but... Like I, I like your style, and I like how you do things, and uh, you know. So congratulations on that. But one of the things that you've done extremely well is, like you just said, you've been able to prolong your career. You've been playing for a long time now. How do you do that? How do you keep yourself in peak shape? Because you're playing long seasons now, Andre. I mean, got the regular season, but then you're playing another few months when you're competing for championships. Yeah. The last four seasons have been very long, and I uh, first appreciate it, uh, the compliment. Uh, I'm, I'm actually a fan of Russ and uh, James' style because it fits them. So I'm always right. Uh, That's uh, true. 
I always say your style has to fit you, so it's more of a preference thing. But, you know, I, my style was just a little bit different. But as far as the season, um, there's no off-season anymore. That's just how you have to look at it. Um, probably the last two weeks, three weeks, uh, I've been able to just really shut it down and kind of relax. And I really I've cheated pretty bad on my diet. But uh, I think I haven't gained any weight. If anything, I might have lost two pounds. So. Uh, my, my DNA structure is pretty good as far as being an athlete. But I'm pretty strict um, during training and during the season uh, with my diet and, and what I'm taking. And, you know, there's so much technology out there. Uh, there's so much information as far as, you know, they can just draw your blood and tell you uh, what your body needs, uh, what your body um, uses um, better for you versus someone else, you know, how can I heal faster, you know, what nutrients or what vitamins um, are best for me. So, you know, our team's on top of all that. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of organizations. It's like, you know, it's not just, you know, sign an athlete up, pay them to play, you know. We're really trying to get the most out of the athletes. Um, and their health is a huge part of that, you know. And it goes all the way to sleep, you know. How many hours a night I'm getting to sleep, tracking my sleep, um, you know, making the most of that time in the gym because I can't spend as much time in the gym as I used to be where I could just be in the gym hours upon hours just working out. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of load that comes with that. And now it's just working uh, not harder, but not just harder, but smarter, you know. So actually working sh a shorter amount of time, it's just being more efficient and getting more out of the workout. And, um, other things off the court as well, you know, with yoga or, or meditation, um, add those things too. So, um, you know, the life's pretty busy, especially with uh, new newer kid now. The, the young baby just turned one. So, congratulations! Got three kids. Thanks. Got three kids running around and just trying to keep up with them. You seem to be like Benjamin Button. Every time I see you, like you, you look like you're getting younger. And, and here's a business idea for you: if you can cheat on your diet and and lose two pounds. I think anyone would sign up for how you're able to do that. So uh, clue us in on that. Before I let you go, just a few basketball questions. So you guys just signed DeMarcus Cousins. I look at your team, and it seems like you're just getting stronger and stronger. How are you able to keep that core together? I know you're not the GM, but from afar, it seems like you have such a good chemistry on that team and that you genuinely like each other on that roster. Yeah, well, we've, we've been able to build a really stable culture, what we stand for, and I think that starts with uh, Steph Curry, uh, who was here before all of us, and, you know, just what the team was trying to build uh, as far as the type of character or player that they wanted. And he's, he, he, he has a very strong personality, and I say that as far as he won't waver as, as far as who he is as a person, you know, you're never going to work uh, wondering what's he going to be like on that particular day. He's, I've been knowing him for five years, and he's the same person every single day. You know, just a solid human being. And uh, that's very hard to say for um, the six billion people on this planet. It's very uh, rare you run into a, a guy like that. So he, he sets the foundation, um, and his talent is is just unique as well, um, and then from there we know we you know you have Clay Thompson who's just you know he grew up in the NBA as well so he knows what it's about you know he's not 
um, he's not going to change as a person because not he, everything he's seen everything before. You know, he grew up in the environment, so he, you know he, he won't get be awestruck. You know, he's, he's he's used to seeing pressure situations, and you know Draymond Green who complements those two as well because. You know, not to say he comes from the opposite, but he comes with that hunger. Like, you know, I haven't been able to, you know, have much throughout my life, so I'm going to go out and get it. And he's the type of guy that makes the most um, out of his uh, career, you know, being 6'6", being a power forward, guarding centers, and uh, shutting those guys down. And he can go all the way down the line, and, you know, people just enjoy doing their job at its purest form, and, and that's what we try to do. And that's how we were able to, go out and get free agents and say, here, you want to play basketball the way it's supposed to be played and you want to have fun while you're doing it. Um, and we'll, we'll help the guys uh, with the media because that's a whole different side that comes with it. But, you know, we try to have fun with that as well, being that it's uh, pretty much 24-hour access to us during the season. So guys just guys just want to be a part of something special and they want to, they want to be able to smile every day when they go to work and, and we try to build that environment. You guys have won three of the last four NBA championships. I was listening to Serena Williams two days ago at a post-Wimbledon press conference, and someone asked her about what makes her great. And she says, everyone always plays me at their greatest, so I have to be greater. And I thought about our conversation today and the fact that you guys have a target on your back. And when you play a team, whether it's regular season or playoffs, they are bringing you their absolute best. How hard is it to maintain the level that you guys have maintained when the other team is playing at their peak in order to try and compete with you? Well, we've got we've got a little bit. Uh, we've been blessed to um, timing wise and how things have been aligned for us. You know, you talk about you know just getting our roster and how it was built. You know, based on you know Steph having an ankle injury and you know his uh, salary being below his uh, market value, you would say, early on. and We were able to make moves based on that and get KD. And um, now DeMarcus Cousins, because of his injury, uh, was able to take a lower salary and come to us for a year. So just things like that. And getting with Steve Kerr at, at the right time, uh, you know, having Mark Jackson early on, kind of helping that foundation, and then getting Steve Kerr uh, right as we were about to peak, uh, him being the, the, a really uh, great fit for this team while we were peaking and he had what was it five rings before he even got to us so he's been able to understand uh, the three of those rings were in consecutive years so he understands what is what it feels like to compete every single day and take everyone's best shot every single day playing because he was able to play with Michael Jordan so we always say um, you know it may look rocky for us at times but we'll always end out end up the most prepared team in the NBA because we get everyone's best shot 82 times uh, per season. So we're the most prepared because we've faced, we've had the best practice, you know, to prepare us for the postseason. So, and we try to take those 82 games as preparation for the playoffs. Last question for you. I know you're an avid golfer. Uh, I know Steph plays and I've heard that he wants to play on the tour when, when he's done. What are your? I mean, do you just enjoy playing golf, or do you look at your your post career and go, you know what, I might want to try and play on the tour, whether it's the the senior tour or uh, the regular tour? Yeah, I don't have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, um, 
Steph will be on tour. He'll be on one of those tours. Uh, I can I, I, I will bet on that. If uh, if there is something I can put a lot of money on, uh, unresponsibly, that's something I will bet on. I'm not a betting guy actually uh, on anything, but I'll bet on that. I watched him shoot a uh, an easy 67. Wow! At very at a very tough course. Very tough course, and uh, we had like the six of them out there, and uh, he started off with a birdie, ended with a birdie. And he hits the ball alone. And he used to have like a little fade, but now he's got a little draw. The ball goes farther. Uh, he, it's just, it's actually fun to watch him play golf. Like when I'm playing with him, it, I, I don't play well because I'm just too involved with watching him. So his short game's good. He can putt the ball. He can putt the ball really well. So he'll be on tour uh, sometime soon. And uh, hopefully um, I'll have uh, done really well in the tech world. And, uh, I can buy a patch on his uh, shirt. Exactly. His <laughs> you know, uh, like something like Qualtics. Uh, something like uh, a company like Qualtics that you see. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with the uh, founder of that company as well, which is a survey-based um, uh, enterprise company. So um, that's, what my, that's what my thoughts are. That's awesome. Yeah, I see. As far as being involved in the golf like, I saw Smoltz play a Champions Tour event recently, and he's a really good golfer, but when you go against the best golfers, that's hard. But, you know, I've heard from people other than just you saying that Steph is, like, legit. Like, he could play on the tour if he wants to at some point. Yeah, he he played in the Web.com event last year and didn't finish last. And you think about it, like, that's not his day job. Right. And, um I, I, I'll, I'll take a little bit of credit because I helped him prepare. Oh, we played like nine holes the day before. And he got, <laughs> that was like his preparation, like nine holes. He was trying to figure out which ball he was using. He was like, oh, I'm going to hit two balls off the TV on mine. I said, whatever you need. Um, that was kind of like his caddy for the day. And uh, he was trying to figure out which ball to use. Um, and he, Like I said, he didn't finish last, which is amazing. And uh, it was something funny. There, uh, He was telling me that. There was a young kid in this one of his uh, groups that he was paired with uh, one of the days, one of the two days, because he didn't make the cut. And uh, his mom said something to him, like, mid-round, like, can you please stop hitting the ball past my son? <laughs> like, it's a little embarrassing. Like, you don't even practice. Like, this isn't your your, your day job. And you're out here, you know, hitting the ball up the tee farther than this. But, uh, like I said, he's not too tall to play golf. He's kind of got that perfect height. He's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, which is like around – DJ and some of those longer hitters, so he's not too tall, but at the same time, he's able to use his height and length. Um, and then he's got that hand-eye, you know, he's got that hand-eye twitch thing that just makes him really good at uh, all types of sports. Like, he's good at darts, bowling, uh, golf, uh, just uh, football, baseball, all those sports, he's just got that hand-eye thing. Well, Andre, it has been a pleasure speaking with you here on Sports Business Radio. Keep up the great work. I'm very happy for your success. Like I said, I've watched you for a long time. Big fan of how you conduct your business on and off the court. I think you're the coach on the court for that team. I really do. I watched you during the playoffs and, and saw how you, you know, coach guys even when you were hurt. And I think you're just such a big part of the success of that team. So, and I'm excited for your, your business ventures as well. I'll watch those closely. Thank you for joining us on Sports Business Radio. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. 
Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to our friends at MKTG. You can find them on Twitter at MKTG. Their website is MKTG.com. They're a global lifestyle marketing agency, 33 offices in 19 countries, a leading sports sponsorship and activation agency. Make sure to check them out at MKTG.com. And thanks again to our new sponsor, SeedGeek. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code SBR as in Sports Business Radio today. That's promo code SBR for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.